0: You're listening to the Gospel Project for Preschool and Kids Weekly Leader Training. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Gospel Project for Kids Weekly Leader Training Podcast. My name is Delaney Williams, and I'm joined today by Suzanne Burnett. Hey, Suzanne.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: Hey, Suzanne. We are excited that you are going to be with us today for this episode, and then the two following episodes, which... They will be the sessions for Unit 20. Today begins a new unit, and that is called Encounters with Jesus. And listeners, you may have already figured out by giving the clues of how many weeks that this is a three-session unit. And so this is Unit 20. And as, as we begin today, I want to remind you that since this is the first session of the unit, This episode will be a little longer than other episodes because we're going to talk about the key passage and the big picture question and answer. So before we get into that information, I do want to go ahead and briefly talk about our unit description for encounters with Jesus. And it is that Jesus's early encounters with people revealed that he had come to be the Savior of all people. Jew and Gentile, male and female, rich and poor. All people have been made in God's image and are loved by him. So now, Suzanne, let's go ahead and talk about our big picture question and answer and our key passage. And that'll be for all of our ages. If you'll go ahead and Share that with our listeners.
1: For this unit, younger preschool and older preschool have the same big picture question and answer. Sometimes they're different, but this particular time they are the same. And that question is, how do we know God loves us? And the answer is, we can know that God loves us because he sent his son, Jesus. And for the kids, their big picture question is, how do we know God loves us? And their answer is a little bit different. And their answer is, we can know that God loves us because he gave us Jesus to forgive the sins of the world. And so moving on to our key passage, it is found in Romans 5.8. And so for babies and toddlers, the key passage is, God sent his son, Jesus, Romans 5.8. For younger preschool, the phrase is, we know that God loves us because he sent his son, Jesus. For older preschool, the verse is, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then lastly for the kids, it is, but God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us.
0: Thank you so much, Suzanne, and those great reminders about how do we know that God loves us? We know because he sent his son, Jesus, God proves his love for us and that he sent his son, Jesus, to die for us as well. And so those are great reminders for us to remember as we're preparing to teach these upcoming sessions. And so that is the information we wanted to talk about that covers the whole unit. And now we'll go ahead and talk more about this specific session. It's going to be Unit 20, Session 1. Jesus told Nicodemus about eternal life, and we will find it in John 3. I want to go ahead and talk about also what the big idea for this session is. As we think about this session, we want to remember that all of the Old Testament points to the Messiah that would come to save people from their sins. Finally, Jesus is born in the town of Bethlehem, just as the prophet said he would be that angels praised God and the shepherds told others the good news. And then we learned that Jesus was dedicated and baptized. We also learned that Jesus never sinned, even when he was tempted by the devil. This week, kids will learn more about who Jesus is through his encounters with people. So as we think about the Christ connection, we want to remember that Nicodemus needed a new life, eternal life, but he could not do anything to earn it. Eternal life is a gift that comes only from God. God showed his love in this way. He sent his one and only son to save the world. Everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. So Suzanne, now we're going into the part of our episode where we talk about some activities that we want to highlight that may need some extra prep time or maybe just some helpful tips. Why don't you go ahead and talk about some preschool activities we want to highlight?
1: There are two activities we want to highlight for younger preschool. The first one is called decorate a party hat. And so for this particular activity, you'll need party hats for the kids to decorate. But if you're not able to purchase those party hats, you can actually make one by taking a piece of construction paper and then forming it into a cone shape and taping it together. And then you have your own hat and you don't have to go buy any. So that also may be a money saving thing as well. And then another super fun activity is build a campfire preface not a real fire. We're not building a real fire. Thank this you very a much. Pretend fire. <laughs> yes. Thank you very much, Suzanne. We need everyone to
0: know we're building a pretend campfire.
1: Yes. Just, please read beyond the title of the activity. Like don't just skip over it. <laughs> they're, they're not building a real fire. They're using tissue paper and other items like cardboard tubes to make a pretend fire. But to make it like to add another aspect of it that the kids will really enjoy is think about using those battery operated tea lights and putting that in their pretend fire to kind of make it light up. I think that'll add a really cool element for the kids to interact with. For older preschool, we have an activity called Love the World. And so this activity calls for an inflatable globe. Um, I know that's very specific, so it's okay if you don't have one. You can just use one of those soft foam dodgeballs or a beach ball. Either one of those will be just fine. It doesn't have to be a globe. And then, lastly, for preschool worship, there's a really fun activity called Make a Star Projector. And so what's happening here is you're gonna use a colander and put a light underneath the colander and it's gonna flash across the room and make little stars, which, because we're gonna talk about how Nicodemus came at night and it's gonna make stars, so it's super fun. But just a reminder here, please dim the lights a lot of children including myself, are scared of the dark, and we don't want them to feel afraid. We want to keep our rooms as safe as possible, so just don't turn off the lights completely. Just kind of dim them so children aren't afraid. Right, and that will help
0: them to be able to see the shapes from the colander on the wall. Exactly. Whatever with the lights dim. Well, thank you very much for talking about our preschool resources. I want to highlight a couple or a few of our kids' activities And the first one I want to talk about is in our Older Kids Leader Guide, and it's called Unwrap It. Teachers, if you have a large group or you have larger groups, you you may want to consider creating smaller teams with their own nesting doll-style boxes. And then looking at our kids' worship. In the group demo, this demo will include bringing in items to demonstrate something you're good at. So get creative with this. You know, Suzanne, let's think about if, if you're good at woodworking or maybe that's something you really enjoy, then a teacher could bring something that he or she's made in the past to show them. Maybe it's something that you're good at baking. I would love, hey, if Suzanne, if you're great at baking, Make something, now remember to have an allergy alert, you know, posted for the parents, but you could bring something in for people to taste. You know, different things like that. Get very creative. Talk with the others that you teach with about, you know, what's something that you could do that, that you enjoy doing and that you're good at. And so that is the group demo again in kids' worship. Then for midweek, the love option two on my testimony this option centers on the leader sharing his or her testimony. So teachers, if you choose this option, make sure to practice beforehand and think through how to best share your testimony in an age-appropriate way for the kids. Maybe just jot down some notes Sure, you're practicing, some things that you want to highlight to make this a great experience for the children and for them to be able to identify with and hear more about your testimony as well and so we have talked about the different activities in the leader guides and so now we want to talk about something or some things that excite us or stands out to us about this session so why don't you go ahead and start first
1: the one thing that really stood out to me was how Nicodemus was able to ask questions and Jesus did not condemn him for his questions he didn't make fun of him for his questions. He sat and he listened and he answered them. And I think that when we work with kids, we get a lot of questions. We're asked a lot of questions, and I think we—that's a good, good thing. We want kids to ask questions. I was raised in an environment in in church where we, we didn't ask questions. Like if you did, the answer was well, no, we're not. We don't need to. We don't need to question that. Like that, it is what it is. And I think it's really important to let kids ask questions. And that's something that I do every week. I teach uh, preschool worship with four and five-year-olds. And after the Bible story, I I ask them to tell me what their favorite part was. And then, do you have any questions? And sometimes, Delaney, when you open up the floor for that, you don't know what you're going to (laughs) get. And it can be a little terrifying because sometimes I don't know the answers to their questions. And I think it's important for them to see and hear me say, you know what? I don't know. But let's let's find out. Let's look together in you know in scripture, or I need to go talk to somebody and I'll find out and I'll, and we can talk about it next week.
0: Right. You know, Suzanne, as as I'm thinking about that, I think you're so right about we need to make sure that we create an environment where it is a safe place to ask questions because as they're learning and they have these questions. We want them to come to us to ask that question. And so I really appreciate you mentioning that. I know as we were talking about before we started recording, talked about, you know, I was one of those children that asked questions. I'm still, I'm an adult that still asks questions. I mean, that's the way I learn. And I, like you were talking about, especially for those kids, sometimes when they ask us questions, it can get frustrating as a teacher. But we need to make sure that we remember that that may be the way, or that is a way that they're learning about it. And so welcoming those questions rather than getting frustrated with them, I think is important.
1: Right. And I think questions are also a really good barometer of the understanding that they have of a lesson to kind of see, you kind of get an insight into what's going on in their mind and in their heart. And when they start asking questions in class about you know, salvation, especially this one talking about Eternal life that's going to come up, those kind of questions that you can also talk to their parents about it and be like, Hey, like, like, um, Laura Lee asked this question, and I think that she's really starting to wonder about what it means to be a Christian and just to give that communication with parents that way that continues the conversation beyond the classroom, and now parents can continue that at home as well. That's a
0: great word, and I loved how you made that connection of helping the parents see that, and so it helps them continue that that connection. And and I think it's also a reminder too that some children may not ask questions or may not want to answer questions, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they aren't processing everything, right? They're reflecting. And so that's a that's a great word. Yeah, they're reflecting. A lot of times that may come out just in normal conversation and when they have been reflecting, then sometimes they may ask a question. So I, I want to remind our teachers that, you know, keep that in mind as you ask questions, as they ask questions. If there's a child, in fact, yesterday morning, there's a child, as we were talking about, and just I could tell it was listening, was processing and everything. And later, you know, the child talked about the story war as we were doing something in a smaller group. So, yes, definitely um, with that. That's a great point. Suzanne, sorry I interrupted you. We sort of, you know, our listeners heard more about questioning than they probably, you know, thought they would today. So go ahead and talk about um, the other point that you were going to make.
1: Yeah, the other thing that jumped out to me in this story is the clear connection that's made between the Old Testament and the New Testament because Jesus brought up to Nicodemus the story of the bronze serpent being lifted up and how he, the same way, was going to be lifted up through his death on the cross. And I think that, honestly, that's the foundation of of the gospel project is how every story comes back to Jesus. And this is a clear connection point um, that kids are going to be able to make through the story. Great word, great word. And you know, Suzanne, this story... I can
0: see some of our teachers, especially preschool teachers and and younger kids, be thinking, okay, this is an abstract concept that we're going to be talking about. Being born again. It's hard for adults to get that. And, and not to mention they're learning the word Nicodemus. That's a hard word to say for some of our preschool friends. I do think that as we're talking about this concept that be abstract about being born again. It's important not just to assume that they know what that means. You can unpack it, if you will, help them see that the eternal life and what that means and knowing that God sent his one and only son to save the world and that everyone believes in him will have eternal life. And that's life with God forever. Yes, that's still more of an abstract concept, but that's going to be easier for them to grasp than being born again. Um, Like I said, yes, we're going to say that, but whenever you say it, make sure that we unpack that to help them know and understand. And like you said, Suzanne, they're going to ask questions more than likely. And so it's okay to take our time to answer those questions and to say, I don't know. Let's, Let's find that out like like you said. And so I think that was a great word that you shared with our teachers and I hope that it encourages them and also equips them as they prepare and study to teach the session. So thank you very much, Suzanne, for joining us and we'll look forward to having you on the next two episodes as well. Teachers and listeners, we want to thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast We hope that you have found it helpful as you prepare to teach The Gospel Project for kids and preschool. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for The Gospel Project for preschool and kids. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.